Welcome to the AI on Action podcast, the show where we break down the hype and highlight the practical benefits of data science, machine learning, and artificial intelligence on our everyday lives. Subscribe to the podcast, check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, or any Android podcast of choice. My guest today is John Fitzpatrick. John is the VP of Product and Engineering at Voices. Voices are changing the way people interact with consumer and enterprise-facing applications by creating a more intuitive, efficient, and personalized experience. In the show, John will share about how Voices came about, the problems they're actually trying to solve through voice, the idea to fast track the buying process, and how to deliver an exceptional customer journey to voice. You're listening to episode 43 of AI in Action with myself, Mark Kelly. My guest today is John Fitzpatrick from Voices. So without further ado, let's crack on with the show. Welcome to the show, John. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me on. John, tell us a little bit about your background and how you actually became interested in AI and you actually working with Voices. I did my PhD in UCD, in, uh, but I, f- I mainly focused kind of in networking. Um, so I was in the computer science department within UCD, and I worked on voice over IP, digital signal processing for voice over IP, um, and then primarily wireless networking, actually. So after I, I finished up my PhD, then I did some postdocing, worked on a number of different large European Union kind of FP7 type projects. Um, from there then, I actually got a Marie Curie fellowship when I moved to NEC Labs in Germany and, and continued kind of working in some of the areas that I've been working on for, for my PhD, mainly around Wi-Fi offload technology. So I actually came back to Ireland and was working a little bit in UCD and then set up my own uh, startup. And it was called Forkstream at the time. And what we were doing was we were building uh, technology to allow uh, mobile operators to, to control mobile devices and allow them to seamlessly roam between Wi-Fi networks and cellular networks. Um, so it was going pretty well. We had a pretty small team, but we were we were out raising kind of seed money um, at the time. We got a sorry, we got a, a small amount of seed funding. We're out raising, looking for a, a Series A. We actually got taken out early, though. We got acquired by OpenNet, um, and uh, so we got onboarded into the OpenNet team. I went in uh, as part of the CTO office, um, working mainly on things like kind of new product development, standardization. I then took over the labs team, and that was kind of the first time I started working with, with AI. Um, so we were building out some data analytics technologies. Um, so we were doing kind of new product development and we were looking at u- leveraging a lot of the, the data that we had within OpenNet systems um, and seeing could you do things like offer management and things like that based on, on what users are doing on, on the seller networks. So I was there for a few years, I then left um, OpenNet and I joined um, Log Entries to go in and run uh, engineering. Um, we then got acquired by a cybersecurity firm out of Boston called uh, Rapid7. Um, and so I went in there and I was a director of engineering in, in Rapid7 for a while. Uh, then started getting talking to Peter and Noel, um, who are the co-founders of, of Voices, and I started talking to them um, kind of a few months before I got, I got pulled in uh, to Voices. So then I joined um, Voices at the end of December uh, 2016. And for those of the people that don't know, can you give us a little bit of background of what Voices does and how it actually all came about? I'll tell you about kind of how it came about first. So it was it was originally founded by Peter Cahill. So um, Peter was academic staff in UCD, um, and had spent you know kind of fifteen years um, looking at uh, voice technologies, mainly around kind of text to speech and voice recognition systems. And so Peter kind of saw the writing on the wall about where these technologies were going. That there was certainly an opportunity for an independent company in this space that wasn't one of the big platform companies. And so he quit his job in UCD, managed to get some funding um, and set up uh, Voices, um, originally actually called uh, Scream Technologies and they were focusing on text-to-speech technologies. He then met uh, Noel, Noel Ruan, who's, who became the co-founder then. They pivoted the company, renamed it Voices and pivoted the company much more towards um, kind of full-stack voice recognition and voice, uh, voice conversational systems. 
So the, the there was a core team then that Peter had uh, for a couple of years, and they were building out really a lot of the AI capabilities on, on which our platform now is 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 based. There was a Series A investment then, so I came in just before the Series A. We had that in early 2017. Um, that was we got eight million dollars from Polaris Partners, um, which are a Boston-based VC firm. Um, so that really kind of then allowed us to kind of scale up scale up the business. So um, in terms of what Voices provides. We're what we call kind of independent voice AI uh, platform company. And what that really means is we own the full stack of technology required to build voice interfaces and a conversational voice interface capability. It's very similar to the technology stacks that the likes of Amazon and Google and so on would have. Um, but un unlike them, what we do is we essentially democratize that technology. Um, we make it available to any company to, to, uh, to use and we can help build out conversational systems for them. Um, but because we own the full stack of technology, um, we're not chaining together different components. And that, that's really where the, you get massive increases in, in things like accuracy. You can tune all different parameters and parts of the platform. And so where we're at right now um, for Voices is we own that full stack of technology. We've built a platform. That's really what we've been doing, investing a lot of our time you know, in the last 18 months since we got to Series A, is not only building out the team, but really building out that platform. Um, with a real focus on things like automation. So if somebody might think of voice, they might think of Alexa, they might think of Google Home, where you're actually kind of ordering some different uh, devices. But you do some really cool stuff on commerce and you've kind of got a, it's a very purposeful strategy. Could you kind of go into a little bit more detail about that? As well, I suppose in parallel to us building out the platform, we were looking at a number of different verticals for it. So the, the voices platform itself is, is agnostic to the particular market vertical. But what we have done is we have focused on commerce. We've done other work in things like uh, Internet of Things, um, we've done work in uh, music streaming, radio, radio streaming, things like that. And we're actually building a, uh, services um, for some pretty, pretty large brands in that space as well. Um, but in terms of the first product we launched, they tend to be more custom solutions. In terms of the first product we launched, we, we launched in November of last year, um, our solution called Voices Commerce. Um, what that enables um, is any retailer or e-commerce company to create their own deep domain voice AI and integrate it right into their own applications and services. So this is not them building a skill or a plugin into a, a Google Home. Um, really what we provide is it's dedicated based on their product catalog. So, so let's say I want to go online and I want to buy a, a football jersey and uh, some socks for my kids. For, so. Can I actually go online and say I want to get a red jersey size four to five and soccer boots and I can actually speak into that and say my budget is $30. Absolutely. And you can give that type of service rather than using the mobile device trying to tech, trying to use the predictive keyboard which my big hands and it's kind of clunky. Is, is that what you're... Absolutely, yeah. And, and so mobile is a particularly interesting area for e-commerce, right? So. Um, what I end up happening, a lot of e-commerce brands right now, what they see is um, a lot of people browsing on mobile devices, but very few people purchasing, right? And there's a very good reason for that. A lot of the e-commerce brands have massive amounts of data associated with all their products, but they've no real way to surface that. Even on a desktop, it's pretty difficult, right? See, so you're kind of bombarded with loads of different filters on the left-hand side, lots of different product categories, and so really finding that, that product you're looking for can often be quite difficult. That's exacerbated when you move to a mobile device because screen real estate is such a problem. Sure. No one in their right mind is going to go through a hundred different types of filters and attributes and so on. And so that's a real challenge for these uh, uh, retailers that they have all of this data but no real way to present it. And so kind of we saw that, uh, that as a huge opportunity. Voice is just a very natural way 
for you to surface all of that information. And that's really what we do. So the, the types of functionality we enable is our voice interface gets uh, added onto a particular retailer's uh, mobile applications, their mobile website, their desktop website. And what then you can do is you can speak to their product catalog in a very natural way to find, refine the products you're looking for, purchase the products. Yeah, because when you're actually on mobile, it is, there is an awful lot of friction with it when you're kind of clicking and you're, you, I know for me when I'm practicing predictive text or I'm putting in different words that pop up at any one time, it gets frustrating to actually go, in, go into that. So you do think of all the times you get to the, the checkout when you actually choose not to purchase, right? For a variety of different reasons that you, you need to do it. So. I'm guessing your platform would be particularly good for anywhere there's probably friction in, in the buying process. You can probably fast track it and make it more seamless. Exactly, yeah. And so what tends to happen, particularly in e-commerce, is anytime you remove friction, um, you get much more transactions, right? So anytime you remove friction in the buying process, Amazon's tap to, single tap to buy and things like that, right? Removing that friction, people just buy more, right? So. What, what our product does is it enables customers to find products much, much faster, right? So we see kind of things about 3x improvement in terms of people finding the right product they're looking for. And that's because what our solution provides is not just this single utterance. It's not like, you know, I'm looking for a red jersey, right? And you just get the results. We, we support what we call refinement and contradiction. So we understand context of what the user has said previously. So you can say, you know, I'm looking for a red jersey, but then you can follow it on going, actually show me blue ones, and actually I only want it to cost about less than $50, um, and actually show me green ones as well, and I actually, I'm only looking for it in size eight or nine. We can parse all of that information in either a single utterance or lots of different utterances, and continually refine the, the products. So sometimes when you're, you're on kind of speech enable agents, the challenge can be accents, the challenge can be uh, interpretation. Have you kind of taken into consideration that from, uh, from all the different perspectives of people communicating? And because it, people nowadays, they can want general intelligence, but you're only talking to a narrow AI. So yep. sometimes there can be a, a challenge with that and people can go, this is broken, I don't want to use it, and it's, it's hard. Yeah. Have you kind of uh, overcome those challenges or what other challenges have you faced? Yeah, we, ha we have overcome a lot of those. I mean, the reality is we don't have generic AI, right? We're not at Skynet yet. We're probably a few decades away from having really kind of general AI. And so really how you make these systems perform really, really well is by going very deep domain. Right, and, and really kind of have a massive breadth, but within a very specific domain and a very specific vertical. And that's really what we've done with, with Voices Commerce. And so, I mean, from a, a, the perspective of what we build, we take a customer's entire product catalog. We also take lots of information about all the different ways customers have interacted with that website, all the search history. We understand all the probabilities about all of the different products that they have. We combine then that with massive data sets that we've built over time, which is understanding all of the different ways that customers interact with a commerce website, right? All of that information gets combined, and we then train dedicated models all the way from through, through the stack. So that's not just us using some generic transcription recognition system. We custom build language models, acoustic models, specific for that domain as well as all of the NLP that needs to get layered on top of it. And so what that means is the search space is much, much smaller. So yeah, you go onto one of our AIs that's on some retailer's website, it intimately understands all of the different metadata, attributes, product names, brand names, prices associated with their product catalog. Yeah, if you ask it what the movie times are you know, in this lo your local Cineplex, it's not gonna understand that. 
but it will deeply understand that customer's product catalog. And that's how you make the systems really, really accurate. So tell me what you've kind of noticed from the customer's journey, Dan, and how the personalization, how customers want a different experience now. What are you, what are you seeing in, in the marketplace? So from we do a lot of user studies as well. We actually have a psychologist on staff because it's really, really important that we understand how customers interact with, the, with these sites. And um, when we work with a particular retailer, one of the first things we'll do is we'll do all our requirements gathering, but we'll also work on um, doing a user study specifically on their their service, their, their e-commerce website and so on. Um, and so I suppose we see lots and lots of different things, but what we're very focused on is allowing them to integrate voice capabilities right into their own services and applications. And what's really, really interesting about that, no one else is really doing it because um, shopping is very much a browsing experience. If I have a speaker device, a, a Google Home, an Echo, um, that's probably convenient for me buying things that I always purchase. So maybe I'm ordering bounty paper towels, you know, adding bread, it's the same bread I buy all the time, milk, things like that. So for grocery shopping, yeah, that's a little bit more, um, it, it, it has a use case. But for the majority of purchases, you know, I'm buying a new pair of sneakers, I'm buying a piece of jewellery, something like that, they're more considered purchases and people do not want to buy products that they can't see. And so what we've heavily focused on is delivering what we call a multimodal experience. And so with our solution, once it's integrated into a, um, a, a mobile application or the retailer's website, customers can seamlessly move between voice and touch, which, um, again, this is about removing friction because when touch is easy to use on the mobile device, people will use it. When voice is convenient to use, they'll use voice. And so it's critical that you can move seamlessly between those two modes of interaction, but all as part of the same transaction. So that's something we see that's really, really interesting, that people will maybe type something in at the start. They'll go into a product category, they'll just browse, then what they may do is use voice to kind of refine that search a little bit further. Sure, because it will give them a little bit of an idea and then with the idea they'll become a little bit more specific about what they want. Exactly, and it's all about kind of refining and honing in on the perfect product. And again, voices, they're not, they're not having to go back out and rechange the filters or anything like that. They're just speaking to the system and it's all happening very naturally. So where can you see voice making everyday uh, things that we do easier and better and having a kind of a better experience because there's so many different clunky uh, things that we do day to day where there's a lot of friction, checking out something on TV, you have to go use your remote control and a million different buttons to do that. Uh, when you're actually going to check something on the radio, you're going through all these different channels yeah. and you're actually driving the car, it's kind of dangerous. Uh, tell me about some of the, the, the new things that we can do with voice and we can probably be excited about coming down the line. Yeah, I think, I think it's a, just a matter of time. I think we're at a really interesting point with voice in particular now. We're either just hitting the inflection point. I actually think we're a little bit before that inflection point. We've seen massive growth over the last few years, but that's been driven by a few things, mainly um, just the accuracy of these systems hit, hit a critical point, which was kind of 90 to 95% accuracy. And it's once it's that level of accuracy, you can actually start building systems which are, which are useful. We're kind of accustomed now to speaking to these devices, either our mobile devices or you know, Google Home and so on, but they can only do a very narrow set of things. And I think what'll make voice really, really powerful is when it's ubiquitous. Right, so when people just have the expectation that voice is there, like like having a mobile website, you know, ten years ago, um, I think we're at that point point in voice, in voice where, as more and more companies start to adopt voice in their particular domains, people will just have the expectation that voice is there, it's available, and if it's not, I find that unusual that it's not available to me. Yeah, um, it's an interesting point because if you see how kids 
uh, interact with Alexa or Google Home, for example, they're very natural, just talking, sharing, speaking, and even back to Neanderthal times, we were always sharing stories at the fire. It's, it's how you kind of stayed alive, yeah. right? Because of all those different experiences uh, too, okay. Yeah, you, but you don't have to learn it, right? So it's yeah. something we're born with. It's in, we're not born with, it. We, we do learn it, I suppose, when we're kids, but it's innate, right? Yeah. It's, you're not learning a new interaction. So, um, so what's really important about these systems is that you can speak to them naturally. And I think we're not there yet, right? As good as you know, our systems are and as a Google Home and things are, there's always an aspect of we've trained those systems, but yeah. there's an aspect of those systems are training us because we speak to it and if it doesn't understand or can't process what we say, it'll usually come back with a response telling us how to structure our request such that it can process it. Yeah. And I think you know, we're making strides in, in eliminating that as much as possible. And that's what would really make those systems natural, where you don't have to be trained to use them. It's really interesting. And so what's the ultimate goal of Voices and how do you want to impact the future of e-commerce? So it's not just focused on e-commerce. Um, really the goal of Voices is to be the complete independent voice AI platform company, right? So we want to be the de facto um, company that people go to, to to build their own voice interfaces on top of, right? We're addressing a market that, you know, there's very few other companies in this space that are really addressing it. Um, and so what, what we tend to see a lot of is um, companies that will try and use things like Google's open voice APIs or Lex API, which are general transcription APIs. So they're trying to understand the entire breadth of everything you may say. Um, and so what we see is a lot of companies trying to do that, gen chaining on some open source NLP that they're trying to build themselves. What they don't realize is that you're concatenating errors together. There. It's just never, ever going to work particularly well. I mean, Google and Amazon don't use those general transcription engines for anything that they build internally, right? They train their models themselves. And that's what we do. But we, as I said earlier, we democratize that. We train those types of models, but for anybody. Okay. And that's the real power of our system. Um, yeah. Vo commerce is the first one we, we are addressing. Um, we're doing a ton of other work in text-to-speech as well. So our platform, we have text-to-speech capabilities and very complex dialogue management capabilities as part of that. But um, we're hoping to make some exciting announcements around some of our WaveNet technology as well, which is um, a new way of doing kind of text-to-speech that sounds really, really natural. So the type of systems that, that Google are using to do the text-to-speech for, for uh, Duplex, for example. Okay, brilliant. I, I look forward to hearing more about that um, as well. John, that's fantastic. Thank you very much for answering all the questions. Thanks, Mark. Thank yeah, you. Pleasure. Thank you very much. That's all for this episode of AI in Action. Hope you really enjoyed it. If you'd like to stay up to date with all the latest podcasts, please head over to the website aiinaction.ie and subscribe to our newsletter to get podcasts delivered straight to your inbox. But I'd like to take the time to let you know about the AI Awards which will take place in the Gibson Hotel on Thursday the 22nd of November. Proudly in conjunction with Microsoft, the AI Awards is a not-for-profit community-led initiative that was set up to celebrate the best of AI and data science in Ireland. Our focus is to support the AI community by recognizing the hard work and dedication of those working in the field of AI, data science, and machine learning. It's a fantastic opportunity to showcase your work and skills to the AI community and the island of Ireland, and also to help raise the profile of Ireland as a destination for AI investment. If you're interested in attending the AI Awards, head over to www.aiawards.ie to buy your ticket today. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you again really soon.